First, we start to welcome back many of our college students coming back home for their studies. Hopefully they have a good and successful and wonderful summer. We also welcome back one of our parish seminarians, Michael Block. He's just finished up his studies recently in Chicago. We need prayers for him. His diaconal ordination is coming up quite, quite soon. So prayers for him as he gets to experience this wonderful and joyous day, not just for himself and our parish, but literally for our local church and the church as a whole. That once again, those being sent out to preach the good news is growing in a wonderful way. And that's the joy that hopefully we're experiencing in these weeks of Easter, that this joy, this Paschal joy that is reflected in this Paschal candle is having an impact on our lives of faith, because that joy came at such a great cost. It's built upon the, church, on the cross itself, Jesus' sacrifice on, on it. So that joy comes at such a wonderful, wonderful cost, that necessary fault that we say at, in the exultant this past Easter vigil. It's a joy that hopefully allows us to truly grow into that great work that we are being called to do, whether we're being ordained to the diaconate, whether we're students, whether we're working, married, or whatever our vocations might be. God is calling us to live out this joy in a radical way to bring others back into their right relationship with God. And that's what we're trying to do. It's based upon our life of grace. It's also based upon our sacramental life. In a sense, this weekend is full of all the sacraments, whether it's the sacraments of initi- initiation, that we had that great sprinkling rite to start off this Mass, which also, in a sense, reminds us of the washing of sin that happens. We have the strengthening that we hear about, that Peter's experiencing, that reminds us of confirmation. Of course, the great sacrament of Holy Eucharist, which brings us into communion with God, his church, and the whole world. This is the power that God has given to us for our use so we can truly be his family, but also to go forth and spread this amazing message of joy and peace to the whole world. That's our goal, and that's our hope. Now, the good news for us this weekend, we're also given the great example of St. Peter to follow in this as we live out our sacramental and grace-filled life. Literally, just two weeks ago on Good Friday, he literally falls apart like a kind of rock slide off a mountain. But today, he sits by a charcoal fire with Jesus Christ, and he does not deny him. The Lord, back then, he looks at him and Peter runs away, but today we see a man who is no longer drowning in a sea of faith, but instead swimming easily in the sea of Christ's resurrection. This is the reality of that new baptism that he's about to undergo as the first pope of our church. His response, in a sense, is very much like baptism, to throw himself in the water, to take on a garment, just as we do when we're first baptized, or the neophytes who did that just a few short weeks ago. These profound symbols, in a sense, showing how we have come into a new relationship, a new way of living with Jesus Christ. And that's why we try to do the sprinkling rite in this Easter season, to remind ourselves every single one of us has been transformed by those life-giving waters. It's a true beginning and a great reminder of what this world still is longing for, this great purification of water that still speaks to us this very day. Of course, today in that sprinkling rite that takes the place of the penitential rite, we call the minor sins. We reflect on the things that when we have fallen, fallen to live out our baptismal promises as we're called to. Peter's denial three times, which took place in John's Gospel, chapter 18, happened, of course, like I said, by that fire. But today, Peter is welcomed back. He receives true forgiveness in that Eucharist, that bread that is given to him right again by the fire. It's important to note that before Ash Wednesday, the Gospel before it, it was the calling of Peter and the first disciples on a boat 
that that nature of Jesus to call people to be fishers of men. It's also a great reminder of one of the great lessons the church fathers would teach us. St. Ambrose, one of the great, great pastors of the ancient church, reflected that Jesus, when he called people, when he did amazing things, he did it kind of in a unique way. On land, Jesus typically, by physical touch, healed infirmities of the bodies. But he also noted that on the sea, he heals the wounds of the soul by his teaching. So every time Peter was growing in his faith, we see that kind of dichotomy, that spiritual and bodily dimension. In today's gospel, it's unified, that the sea and land come together, and Jesus performs his healing miracles, both through the bread he gives, but also the teaching and encouragement that he gives on the sea. This is happening every time we come into encounter with Jesus Christ. He heals with his teaching, and he heals with his touch. As just as St. Peter is healed physically and spiritually today, it's the same for us. When we come here to the sacrifice of the Mass, we're being healed physically and spiritually at the same time, whether it's through the music, the prayers, hopefully the homily, especially through the Holy Eucharist, this spiritual and physical bread given to us to truly ease our conscience, to transform our souls, to remove venial sin, but also to physically give us that strength to go forth, to proclaim the good news, to announce a gospel of peace, of joy to the whole world. Everything in this Mass is calling us back to our original selves, calling us to be truly healed, and hopefully from that to wake up, to follow him as he tells Peter at the end of this gospel, and to live a full life full of communion, full of the Eucharist. We also have, of course, that great symbol of confirmation, that strengthening. We see how Peter is truly being strengthened to do this amazing task, that he's been formed from the very beginning of time to be the new rock of this new world. We see him get to carry these huge nets of fish, that symbol of the church, and also to share it, to allow others to feast upon it. But it's also a good reminder that, yes, the Sacrament of Confirmation is a sealing sacrament, it's a strengthening sacrament, but it's also about an increased ability to listen and to distinguish voices of the world. Those who are initiated finally into the church, that confirmation that happens, you can hear more clearly the voice of the God, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of Jesus in your lives. If we call to mind that charcoal fire where Jesus heard those words accusing him of being a follower of Christ, and he is drowned out to hear the voice of Christ, and he runs away, he goes off scared. Now, Peter, with that new strengthening, hears truly the voice of Jesus Christ. And even though those questions that Christ asked him today cause him pain, he gets to hear and respond in love and charity. It's the same for all of us who have been confirmed, who have been given the strengthening, that hopefully it also gives us great strength to listen more clearly to the voice of God. There's so much noise, of course, in the world. There's so much noise. But hopefully with all the gifts God has given us, that ability to discern properly how God has called us, that's what we're looking for. If you have time after Mass and you get to ask Michael Block what it means to really listen to Christ, He'll give you some really surprising and beautiful answers. That's the same for anyone who's been called to a particular vocation. God speaks to you and sets you apart and then gives you that strength to listen and follow after that voice to the best of your ability. It's a beautiful thing. It's a humbling thing. But God truly does this amazing work. He's doing it hopefully right here, right now. That's our goal in this life, to respond to that great call, to listen to that with great joy in our hearts, and to live it out to the best of our ability, bringing that same voice to others as best we can. So my brothers and sisters, this weekend, hopefully that paschal joy is truly overwhelming our lives. Hopefully through our relationship to God, his church, our relationship to the sacraments of the church as well, that this is truly allowing us to grow, to be strengthened, 
to experience real communion and to experience the real healing we need every day of our lives. In doing this, we, like St. Peter, the first Apollos, can truly follow after Jesus Christ and start to experience in this life a little bit of the great joy that awaits us in the next life. In that second reading from the book of Revelation, we hear the glory, the honor, the blessings that await us. But even some of that we get to experience in this foretaste of the Holy Eucharist right here in this Mass. So let's allow that joy to transform us, allow us to truly inspire us to do His will, so we can go forth from this Mass announcing His gospel of joy and peace to a world that desperately needs it. Amen.